You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your noon news for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. A Grand Junction man is in custody following an alleged attempted murder over the weekend. On Saturday at approximately 9.52 p.m., the Greene County Communications Center received a 911 call from the 1000 block of Main Street East in Grand Junction. According to officials, the caller reported they had fallen and hit their head against the door. When Greene County Emergency Medical Services arrived on the scene, they notified the Greene County Sheriff's Office the injury appeared to be a gunshot wound. According to law enforcement, evidence was collected from the scene that led to the arrest of 31-year-old Adam Eugene Coy of Grand Junction. He was taken into custody without incident late Sunday morning and booked into the Greene County Jail on charges of attempted murder and willful injury causing serious injuries, those Class B felonies, and domestic abuse, a serious misdemeanor. According to officials, the victim is being treated for her injuries. Officials note this was an isolated incident and there's no threat to the public. The Department of Criminal Investigation, Grand Junction Rescue, Greene County Ambulance, and Greene County Sheriff's Office all assisted at the scene. The 2023 Carroll Chamber of Commerce's Youth Basketball Tournament, the Court Classic, returns to Carroll in just over two weeks, and organizers are preparing to welcome thousands of fans to the community near the end of the month. The tournament features dozens of teams from throughout Iowa and even surrounding states. Chamber Program Director Ashley Shabel says the Court Classic is one of Carroll's largest annual events, and she credits their great partnership with the community's two schools. I mean, everybody wonders how we pull this off. We have two great schools here in Carroll that allow us the use of their gyms for the weekend. And yeah, so we're, we're ready to go. Things are getting put in place. We just need the teams to register now. It's time to get those signed up and make your plans to join us. As of the end of January, close to 40 teams had already signed up to participate in the Court Classic on February 25th and 26th. Registration is still available via the Chamber's website at carolliowa.com. Shable says teams typically begin signing up in droves a few weeks out from the tournament, but there are still a few classes they are looking to fill. Eighth grade and ninth grade boys is really low for this time right now. It would be nice to kind of get them in. Freshman boys a lot of times come in late because they kind of wrap up their high school season. Looking at things that, you know, if we could really get some more eighth grade, ninth grade boys teams in. Girls, we have fifth through eighth. Tried to build that girls. But still seventh and eighth grade girls, we could really recruit some of them. So you can sign up. There's a link on the Chamber website, Chamber Facebook page. You can call me at the Chamber and I'll help work you through it. More than 60 teams played in last year's Court Classic, which brought a huge influx of people to the community. Shable says the economic impact on local businesses is substantial. Our restaurants are full. They really prepare for things that weekend. A lot of them do specials, you know, um, to recruit the teams in when it has canceled. And, you know, we haven't had to do that very often, but the year we had it, I know everybody's like, please have it. Don't cancel it. You know, <laughs> even if it blizzards, we want these people yeah. to come in. So the impact to Carol is huge. Fans can purchase wristbands for only $10 each on that weekend, and those will get them into the games all weekend long. Tournament information will be posted at the Chamber's website as Court Classic Weekend draws closer and brackets are finalized. 17 large group speech entries from schools in the listening area were selected to attend the Iowa High School Speech Association All-State Festival in Ames later this month. IKM Manning earned six nominations total with four in short film, one in radio broadcasting, and another in television newscasting. Denison notched nominations in five categories, one-act play, reader's theater, group improv, group mime, and short film. Carroll earned three All-State nominations on ensemble acting, group improv, and another non-performing group improv. 
Kemper Catholic came home with nominations for Solo Mime and Group Improv. And then Greene County earned a single All-State nomination in short film. The Iowa High School Speech Association All-State Festival is scheduled for Saturday, February 18th on Iowa State University's campus in Ames. The complete list of local All-State nominations and their group members is included with this story on our website. Iowa State Auditor Rob Sand issued an advisory yesterday assuring Iowans enrolled in the low-income home energy assistance program that their heat will stay on despite delays in payment processing to providers. Sand says, I have received several inquiries from Iowans who qualify for energy assistance through LIHEAP, but their accounts have not been credited by their utility vendor or they have not received their direct payment from LIHEAP. We want to assure those Iowans that their heat will not be turned off in the dead of winter. LIHEAP is a federally funded program administered by the Iowa Department of Human Rights that helps households at or below 200% of the 2022 federal poverty guidelines to meet their housing uh, heating needs. Sand notes Iowa law prohibits LIHEAP customers from being disconnected from their electric or natural gas supply from November 1st through April 1st of each year, regardless of the temperature. Iowans experiencing delays should contact their local community action outreach office for additional assistance. And we are going to take a quick break here, folks. We'll be right back. More news is on the way after this on KCIM. My longevity at Manning Regional Healthcare Center has to do with the people, patients, and I didn't have to travel too far to go to work. As I retire, I will leave a lot of my heart and soul at Manning Regional Healthcare Center because they have been a family to me. I would truly miss the patients, families, and employees who have made my job so complete and fulfilling. If you're looking to grow and thrive in a career close to home, check out our job openings at mrhcia.com backslash careers. Hi, this is Dr. Sandra Ryerson, owner of Adaptive Audiology Solutions. You know that perception of ringing, buzzing, or whistling sound in your ears or your head? It's called tinnitus, and odds are that either you or someone you know suffers from it. Tinnitus is not a disease, but rather the symptom of some underlying health condition, and it's important to find out what's causing it so that it can be successfully managed. At Adaptive Audiology, we offer testing and various tinnitus treatment solutions. Let's manage the tinnitus. Call Adaptive Audiology Solutions, located in Carroll at 409 West 7. Street and in Denison across from Team Ford. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cohns reporting. The city of Westside is notifying residents of a planned water service disruption scheduled to begin this coming weekend. According to city officials, crews have identified a leak somewhere in their system and the lines need to be shut down in order to find the problem area. That process is slated to begin at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 12th, and will affect all customers in Westside. Service should be restored by 5 a.m. on Monday, February 13th, but a mandatory boil advisory will be activated when water begins running again. They remind customers that all water used for consumption, including cooking, making ice, or washing dish dishes, must be boiled for at least one minute before use. Residents can also use bottled water as an alternative, but again, that boil advisory won't begin until Monday morning, that is February 13th. You can contact Westside City Hall at 712-663-4493 with questions. Carol Broadcasting will provide additional information when next week's boil advisory is lifted. The Carroll Community School District Board of Education met with the DLR group at last night's meeting to discuss the next steps of their district-wide facility update plan. DLR, an architectural firm based out of Omaha, Nebraska, started their presentation by recapping some of the problems that may come to the district's way with the buildings in question. 
if, if we were to retire this or look at a different purpose for this building, that means we first need to do something um, at the Fairview site. And so, you know, uh, looking at the, the items in orange, the blob that you see there is by no means anything designed. It's just showing you kind of an approximate sort of in relation to and proportional to, you know, what, would, uh, what the rest of the site looks like taking care of some circulation, demolishing some things, um, and adding on to that. Following that recap, DLR offered the board five suggestions they could use towards district upgrades. Option A, this one, as Eric mentioned in the, in the planning diagram, really addresses some of the primary needs at the transportation facility. So in this option, look to renovate the existing building to buildings and grounds facility and the new transportation facility located somewhere on that campus. And then you're seeing a range at the top, 6 million to 14.4 million, depending on the need or desire for cold storage space. Um, that's kind of where the range um, begins to fall into. So this one addresses those uh, kind of initial needs that were identified in the master plan in relationship to that. Other options were renovating Adams Elementary, which could cost anywhere from 27 to $30 million, or building a new high school estimated at close to $70 million. DLR's representative says the board has reached the point where they need to decide how they want to proceed. Southwest Iowa, they were faced with kind of a similar juncture uh, at, at a point in their master plan. And so this is just an image from uh, one of their community meetings that, that we attended. And they were wrestling as a community. They had put together a list of uh, a number of different projects within the district. They had a, a somewhat sense of a range of cost. Uh, they had gone a little bit one step further, meaning um, they had a little bit uh, more definition to some things. Uh, we're still kind of <coughs> at that big picture here for, for Carol. But we had that, and they started to talk about, okay, well, what would the community support? Because they could either go after, they knew they were going to do a bond referendum, and so they could talk about, okay, what's a no, no uh, tax increase uh, you know, option? And then what is our maximum bonding capacity, like the maximum amount that we can generate by you know, raising the levy? The board then discussed the proposed options, and they favored hearing from stakeholders before moving forward. Board member Dwayne Horsley provided his thoughts. I think that's one of the questions we need to find out from the community. Do they want to retire this building? I, mean, I think that's a board. You know, yeah, we see it, we know what's the inefficiencies are here, we only got two grades, and so you talked about the square foot cost per student is extremely high, and we got a lot of information to get out, but we have, I really feel like we need to get community, and as I look at it, just the priorities on things, I mean, the transportation is kind of like our bare bones starting point mm -hmm. with the facility, maybe not the full thing there, but at least get the place those guys can work on the bus without having to bump their head on the hood the bench. The board is still in the early stages of planning for facility updates in the district. Full audio from that portion of the meeting can be found included with this story on our website. Applications are now open for the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship's 2023 Century and Heritage Farm Program. The initiative was created in conjunction with the Iowa Farm Bureau Federation to recognize families who have owned their farms for 100 years and 150 years, respectively. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture Mike Negg says Iowa's multi-generational farm families are the backbone of our state, and the Century and Heritage Farm Program recognizes their hard work, strength and resilience, and perseverance. Each year, I look forward to recognizing these families, hearing their stories, and celebrating their legacies at the Iowa State Fair. 
Applications are due to the Iowa Department of Agriculture by 11.59 p.m. on June 1st and can be submitted using the link included with this story on our website. Alternatively, eligible applicants can mail their entry to the Department of Agriculture using the address also included online. To date, more than 20,000 Iowa farms have been recognized through the Century Farm Program and over 160 farms through the Heritage Farm Program. The ceremony recognizing 2023 nominees is scheduled for August 17th during the Iowa State Fair. And the Des Moines Area Community College Carroll Campus has announced a new partnership with TechWise to bring a new opportunity to local students. The 18-month virtual program will offer technical training and Google mentorships to students from selected communities and undergraduate colleges from across the U.S., and Carroll was selected. The program was created to prepare students for a career in software engineering by the time they complete the program. Only 120 students are selected for admission, with interviews scheduled for this coming weekend on February 12th, and then classes will start on the 20th. To apply, you can go to techwise.talentsprint.com. Students will receive a total of $5,000 to help with expenses, as well as a fully funded scholarship so they can focus on their learning goals. Individuals interested in building a great tech career are encouraged to apply. Applications for the program open up today, uh, February 7th. For more information on the partnership, you can contact DMAC at 712-792-1755. And that is going to wrap up your news here on KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.